covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us for another week's worth of Milwaukee Brewers talk. Unfortunately, we are continuing to live in a world where no sports are really being played, and that includes Major League Baseball. So the trend of what we have been doing recently continues, where this podcast is more than anything else, just kind of a extended conversation with somebody I know, somebody I work with. Uh, we're going to try to find uh, all kinds of people. Hopefully it doesn't go on much longer, but as long as baseball is not being played, uh, we'll try to bring you some uh, interesting conversations on an every week basis. And uh, this week on the podcast, Fox Sports Wisconsin's and uh, my co-host on the Brewers Extremes postgame show, Craig Kashan, is uh, set to join us. He's got an interesting kind of view and look on things because not only is he connected to the Brewers, but he was covering for the Bucks for uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin as well. So he was really impacted double when everything stopped. He was impacted with the Bucks and also uh, with the Brewers, and we're going to get into that coming up in just a, a few moments or so. Not a lot reported this past week. Uh, we did, and just in terms of when baseball might return, look, there's there's not much that we know this week that we didn't know last week. Uh, the president is working with a uh, committee of individuals to try to help him have a good idea of when to start to reopen things, and it does involve Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Uh, the governor of Arizona this past week said his state would be more than willing to welcome in all the Major League Baseball teams once it gets to a point that it would be considered safe. So I guess, uh, I guess that's something. But the timing on this, I mean, we, we got to get to May, I think, before we would even start to have an idea of when things might get started up. Uh, in Japan, their league got delayed. Again, they're not going to get started uh, until at least through uh, the month of May. So just not a whole lot to uh, to really report at this point. The, the one thing I'm a little bit concerned on, I'm actually a little surprised that this, this did not pick up uh, more media attention there was a report this past week, I think it came from uh, CBS Sports, there was a report uh, that basically said there is a kind of a disagreement right now between the Major League Baseball players and owners. So let's let's rewind a little bit, because a few weeks ago, we talked about it on this podcast, and I talked about how good of a thing it was. A few weeks ago, the players and the owners came to an agreement on how much players would get paid if there is a season and if there's not a season. So... Basically, the way that was going to work out was all the players were going to receive payment through date X, no matter if there was a season or not a season. And then if there was not going to be baseball played this year, they would stop getting paid after that point, or if there was a season, they would get paid. Now, at that point, it seemed like there were two options. Either play baseball, where there's a pretty good chance that you'll have fans. Maybe you would start a season without fans, but where pretty good chance there'd be fans, or not play baseball at all. The idea of playing out the rest of the season, the whole season, without fans, when that agreement was in place or was first agreed upon to, that that, that really didn't seem like it was a a, a viable path. I mean, it was you were not going to play out the whole season without fans. Fast forward, and again, this is something that's been changing on a every day, every week basis, now it looks like that's a legit possibility. 
the idea of playing out the entire season and never having fans in the building to watch these games, in fact, if baseball is played, personally, I would be surprised if fans are ever watching games in this baseball season. Not not convinced it'll be that way, but I would be mostly surprised. You know, the, 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 the proverbial gun to the head, I would say baseball's going to be played this summer, but it's never going to have fans. It's going to be played in empty stadiums. So the issue right now that is existing between the owners and the players is the owners feel like that agreement was based off the idea that you're either playing with fans or you're not playing at all where the players feel like that agreement was you're either playing or you're not playing, and with or without fans doesn't really impact what was said in that agreement. Owners reportedly want to pay players less money if they don't play in front of fans this year. That's kind of where it's at right now. I haven't seen much more being reported, but I – look. The, the relationship between Major League Baseball players and owners is not exactly a great relationship. So I was, um, I'm just a little worried what that could turn into and if there might be some sort of standoff. Now, I think everybody involved is smart enough to know that as we're coming out of this pandemic or as we are still in it, but there is a path to playing baseball, figuring out these issues is so vitally important for our country uh, it, that they'll get it worked out. But it, it's something worth noting that there seems to be a bit of an issue right now between players and owners. I still think the Arizona plan makes the most sense. You know that, And that's the plan where everybody goes to Phoenix and starts the season there. And you use Cactus League ballparks and you use Chase Field, the Diamondbacks ballpark. And uh, maybe you use some college ballparks. Maybe you use some backfields if you've got one, some, some good, solid backfields where you could still you know, put together a TV broadcast, things like that. I still think the Arizona plan is the one that makes the most sense. And I'll say this, too. It's not good. Like playing out an entire season in empty stadiums in Arizona, that's not a good plan. But it's we're kind of grading on a on a sliding scale here. It's almost what's the least terrible plan at this point. And to me, the least terrible plan is going to Arizona. So we'll see. We'll see if it happens. There's some players who I don't think want to do it. I threw this out on Twitter the other day. I don't know how legitimate this would be if Major League Baseball would consider this. But you're at, if you do the Arizona plan, you're going to be asking players to go sequester themselves in these hotels and ballparks and really nothing beyond that for possibly four months. That's a big ask. I wouldn't have a problem. If you're, you know, if you're Major League Baseball, you've already committed to paying these players X amount of dollars, whether there is a season or not. For, and you've also given these players service time, whether there's a season or not. So you've already agreed to pay these players to a certain date, and you've agreed to give them service time for the whole year, whether there's a season or not. You know, we've seen comments from Clayton Kershaw. We've seen comments from Mike Trout, kind of in opposition of the Arizona plan. If the Arizona plan ends up being the only plan that will work to facilitate some type of baseball season being played this year, give players the option not to play. If you don't want to play, you don't have to play. You won't get paid. You won't get paid beyond the amount of money that you've already been promised. 
Uh, you'll still get your service time because the players have already been promised their service time, whether they play or not this year. So owners aren't losing anything on that. So give the players their service time. Don't give them any extra money. And if you want, if you got players who want to play, let them play. And if you got players who don't want to spend four months away from their family, don't want to do whatever else, they don't have to play. They don't. They're not going to get paid for that time, but they'll get their service time. I think that makes some sense. And again. It's not good. Let's let's be really clear about things. It's not good. We're it's it's the least terrible. Like what what are the paths? What are the steps that need to be need to be taken to be able to play baseball this year? And I, I'm just trying to be creative and think through things. And maybe that's one of them. If you've got players who don't want to play an entire season in Phoenix, and there's also the um, yeah, if they feel at risk, if they feel like. It's not safe right now that even being sequestered in a hotel and going to ballparks, that they don't feel safe in that situation. Okay, then you don't have to play, and you can still have your service time. That's my solution. Uh, I don't know if that would ever come to be. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, if you're the Dodgers, you got Mookie Betts, all of a sudden he decides he doesn't want to play this year. You're going to pay him a few bucks for, uh, for, for what you were already going to pay. And you're you're not going to get him at all, and he's going to leave maybe via free agency. But again, the other side of that is, if these players put up enough of a stink, and some of these big name key players, especially if they're union reps and they don't want to play in Arizona, and you don't give them the option not to play, well then they may just not play a season. So if it's if it's a question between playing a season without some players but still giving them service time or not playing the season at all and giving them service time, play the season. Uh, that that would be my very simple view on it, and I know there's a lot more nuance to it than I am uh, addressing right now, but that's kind of where we're at for uh, for this week. All right, so again, uh, this week's podcast is going to feature a guy that uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to uh, co-host the Brewers Extra Innings uh, post-game show with after uh, many, many games during the course of the year. Most home games, this guy is uh, standing next to me as we do uh, Brewers Extra Innings. He is Fox Sports Wisconsin's Craig Kashan. Craig, really appreciate you taking uh, some time. It is uh, great to talk to you. I, I miss doing games with you. I hope we are going to be uh, doing games very, very soon. But, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, Matt. You hanging in there pretty good, too? As well as I can, hoping we have baseball at some point this summer. So let's start off with that. What does life look like for, for Craig Kashan, especially where – uh, this didn't only impact you from a baseball standpoint, but uh, you're part of Bucks coverage as well. So you're you're getting kind of hit double with uh, neither of those things happening right now. Yeah, it is. A, it's a tough time not to have sports for everybody, but you know when you're entrenched in it as your profession, as it's been for me for you know I've been doing this for more than thirty years. I've been doing this uh, going into my twentieth year. You know, working with Fox, uh, covering both teams and. You know, in March, April, and May, you know, especially the last few seasons has been um, not uh, an overlap of work. It's been an overlap of joy covering both these teams at the same time. And um, so, you know, from that standpoint, you know, my my heart misses both these sports a lot. Um, you know, baseball really for me is at the first and, and forefront, I think, because I, I'm really not sure what's going to happen you know, with the NBA season at this point, 
Um, but baseball would be great, to, you know, since an outdoor sport for the most part, um, get back going here pretty soon. But, uh, you know, we're just biding our time over here. I've got my two college boys uh, home and they're finishing up their semester online like many other um uh, you know, college age and high school age kids are right now in grade school. So it's a, it's a different sort of uh, uh, time to spend together that was unexpected, but you have to look at everything like a blessing, I guess, and, and a silver lining in some respect. Yeah, that's been the thing for me, and I, I you've got it the same way. I mean, for me, during baseball season, I don't see my family very much, and I've got a I've got a 14-month-old daughter, and I've, I've got a wife who works some weird hours because she's in the medical industry. And, look, I wish baseball was going on right now. I, I really do. I, I would trade baseball being played for the other side of it, but there are some silver linings in this, and, and one of them is the, uh, the added family time, which has been a good thing. Yeah, we've had, let me see here, you know, because of my schedule too, you know, for the most part all all year long, having dinner together is pretty rare. But I, I think that, you know, during this pandemic that uh, we've been pretty much isolated at home for approaching 40 days now, honestly, I think we've had probably 35 dinners together, which is, you know, really amazing. So, we try to give each other space in the house when we can. Uh, dinner time, no matter if that's five, six, seven, or eight o'clock at night, we seem to hook up really well for it. And uh, and for me, you know, my my boys are are in college and stuff, so it's it's harder for me with them home to keep the uh, the beer stocked in the fridge for some reason. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, that, that that's not a horrible problem to have, right? Probably not. No, probably not. But I have learned their, their their beer taste is a little cheaper than mine, so we're trying to trying to strike a medium here. Okay, so <laughs> where does the uh, where, where does it go towards? Are, are you going more towards their taste, or are they going more towards your taste? I, I could not go back to their taste. I've been through that uh, circus once already, as you know, and so they're they're getting more up towards my taste a little bit here. If I can get them up to the Miller Lite standards alone instead of the really cheap light beer, I'll, I'll accomplish something before this is all over. So no Keystone Light allowed in the Kashan uh, household is what I'm hearing? No no bitter beer faces going on around here for sure. No offense to anybody out there who especially enjoys Keystone Light, <laughs> right. by the way, and the, the, right. the makers of, uh, of Keystone. All right, so... Whoever you are. Yes. <laughs> if that's your thing, let, let that be your thing. Uh I, I don't know what your schedule was. Had you spent any time in Arizona prior to this happening, or was that not really possible because of uh, the Bucks? Yeah, I was down there in February, right as camp opened up, and was down there for their initial uh, first full-day workout and in the clubhouse with their meeting with uh, their owner, Mark Antanasio, and, and got to listen to um, – Mark and, and David Stearns and, and Craig Council kind of give their, their, you know, spring training, preseason, this is what we expect uh, type of talks. And I don't know if they were speeches so much, but it was their opportunity to address the team. And, you know, back then there were, there were probably 70 guys in the clubhouse, probably 60 of those guys had a chance probably this year to factor into the 50 plus guys that, you know, they've been utilizing every year. And I think one of the better messages I got out of that was, you know, when, when David Stern said, you know, there's a lot of people in here, there's a lot of players. 
some of you will not be playing on the major league level here in 2020, but we need 50-plus players to get through the season. That's what we use. That's what we've been using. And so think about this. The majority of you will be counted on at some point in the season. And and I think that's that's great to hear from a standpoint. If you're a young player or you're a new player coming in trying to make a roster, to have your GM say that in front of everybody that, that really it's a big group and there's only supposed to be 26 guys in the, in the dugout, but you can be there and probably will be there at some point. So, um, and then I had a second trip back there when this all uh, unfolded and they ended up um, suspending spring training. So that was a, that was a dark, dark day and a and dark few days down there. Cause it actually took a few days to, get out of the Phoenix area and get back to Milwaukee and, um, you know, just uh, a lot of disbelief at that time. Yeah, I think I've uh, pretty much everybody that I've had on, it was, it was down there during that time period, and, and I asked them what it was like going through that where, where things were changing on a, on a minute-by-minute basis, and the word surreal continues to be used when people look back at that time period. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, you had a feeling it was coming. I remember um, – yeah, I think it was Wednesday, March 11th, um, going to spring training that day. And then I was getting ready to call some games on TV. We had a string of games coming up that I was going to call with Rock and Augie. And um, so it was that Wednesday night. I was at uh, I was at a bar having some dinner and watching. Really, um, at that time, it was the last night. The arenas were still full for college basketball. Uh, it was conference tournaments. Uh, the NBA was was still playing that night, but it ended up getting its first uh, suspension of play when Rudy Gobert tested negative. Uh, and, and I remember, you know, sitting up there having some dinner. I, I was alone, and you know, there's a bar full of people, and they're all enjoying watching what's going on. And and I'm getting some in, inside information here that I I didn't want to hear, but you just. Um, really felt it in your heart and in your gut that things were going to change really dramatically. And for a moment, um, I, I wanted to take actually a panoramic picture of this establishment I was in just because there was, you know, a million TVs on the place was packed and everybody was having a good time. Uh, and cause I thought to myself, well, what if this is the last time we can do something like this? Mm-hmm. And, and I do it. Matt, because I didn't want to believe it was going to be the last time that we were all going to be gathered like that, you know, crowds in arenas and, and getting ready for baseball and all that. I didn't want to take the picture because I didn't want to believe it. And But sure as heck, it came true in a matter of 24 hours. And, um, you know, the news obviously got worse for days and days and weeks and weeks after that. And, and um, you know, hopefully we're turning a corner here. But it's it's a sad time for sure. And I don't know about you, but it seems like um, there are good days and bad days, you know, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think emotions are playing a huge, huge role that people, you know, maybe didn't quite expect, but it's very, very evident. So that's funny you say that. Yesterday, um, I was I did an interview on, on WTMJ with, with Scott Warris, who was hosting on, on Saturday afternoon. We're recording this right now on a Sunday for people who are listening. And he wrapped up our, our conversation saying that while we were talking, somebody had texted in saying how nice it was to hear my voice on the radio. And, like, Craig, that, that's a really nice thing to say 
it, I think in what with what we do, and I'm not trying to put down compliments. We we get compliments when we meet people. They tell us, you know, oh, we we like what you do or whatever, and you kind of just take it. When when Scott told me that text message was sent in, I kind of choked up a little bit, and that that's where I'm at right now. Like it it hit me when when that text message was read to me. Yeah, it is pretty amazing, you know, and it, it, it's great that, you know, people um, have a strong desire to get sports back up and rolling again. But, you know, that desire comes uh, so deep within so many people that they just need to find some kind of normalcy. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't had it for such a long time. And it's it's really as simple as that. I mean, what we've seen here in the last uh, couple of days with, you know, some protesting and, and you know, now that our stay-at-home order's been extended, you know, for almost the, the rest of the month of May here in the state of Wisconsin, you know, a lot of people aren't happy about that. So there's different kinds of emotions coming out. And, you know, my, my fear, you know, more than a month ago was if this goes on for a long time, there's probably going to be, you know, some, some protests and sometimes protests leads to rioting and you just don't want things to turn violent and bitter and, and pit people against each other. Cause that's not what this is all about. Um, but you know, bottom line is if we do get to a point where we can get some sports back in the mix, even if fans aren't allowed to be in the stadiums, which is, you know, probably going to be the case, um, just on the TV and, and actually listen to a live game instead of having to watch the classics again. So it's, a uh, something we all need right now for sure has now there's been there's been a lot of rumblings about it seems like the thing that right now as we speak and again things can change on an every minute basis but it seems like the thing that's got the most amount of momentum right now is basically taking all teams putting them in the phoenix area and, and running a season from there as long as you need to and, until teams can get back to their home markets if teams can get back to their home markets and if not it's just the way things are has has anything come down to you at this point? I mean, have you heard rumblings? If, 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 do you get an indication of, hey, start start thinking about this and what it would look like for you? Or is are these type of things still set such a higher level that nothing has trickled down to you quite yet? Well, I, I wish, wish, wish I had something that uh, would be more positive for you or something inside or look for key dates. Um, but there really isn't right now, unfortunately. But I do know this much, um, just having conversed enough with, you know, uh, ownership groups and, and, uh, you know, management groups and stuff at, at some of these professional franchises on a daily basis, I guarantee you and everyone who's listening on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, every day, there are new ideas coming in and there's, um, stacks of, you know, ideas that are, that are put on the side and, and, you know, hoping that you know, a scenario will play out or certain scenarios can be mixed in. Um, so I, I would imagine uh, once they get to a point, and hopefully it's coming up soon here, that um, health-wise they have figured out a way, the best possible way to keep their players safe and to keep whoever is also going to be at some of these ballparks, uh, keep them health-wise safe, whether they're broadcasters, whether they're uh, riders, uh, whether they're people working at, at the ballparks, keeping them safe uh, and healthy is first and foremost. And you can't guarantee everything, but you almost have to believe at this point 
they're they're not going to start playing again anybody any sport until there's 99.9 percent sure that everybody is going to be safe who's involved in getting this these sports back up and rolling again so that that's the key that that's the hurdle that they have to clear right now have you run the hypotheticals through your mind of a, of a world where maybe you would be part of a crew that would go down to arizona and basically be sequestered away from the rest of the world for the better part of four months yeah no i i think about it every day i really do because that's how badly i want to get back to work that's how badly i want these uh these sports to get back going up and and you know i i really don't know um anything past some of the thoughts that i have is you know, that they will probably take as minimal and as few people as possible into the ballparks. And I, I would imagine, Matt, that uh, when we start up our show again, if they're going to be in Arizona, for instance, and they're going to play the first month or two of games down there, I, I would imagine that Dario and I would be sharing the studio with Augie for whatever is considered home and road broadcasts and do it there, it would be three less people to put in a ballpark, uh, three less people to put in a hotel, three less people to quarantine, you know, whatever the scenario is going to be. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, when, when they get to a point where they'll start opening it up so there's maybe just the people that need to cover the team, if they get to home ballparks, I can't imagine the clubhouse ever being open to anybody but uh, player, yeah. coach, uh, in upper management. And so, you know, we won't be able, in fact, I, I really believe too, that there's going to be, um, little, if any access to, to get on the field for, for even broadcasters during BP, I, I would imagine they're going to want as many people to stay away as possible and, you know, keep these guys, you know, being from at risk. So it's going to be very different very different we're going to be taking a lot of the human contact away from especially in baseball where that's what i brag most about when when people say what's it like to cover these different sports there's nothing like covering baseball when you can show up four or five hours before a game and know there's players in in the dugout or the clubhouse or on the field and everybody's approachable it's the only sport like that and that's what i'm going to miss the most i do wonder i think Maybe I'm just an optimist. I do think eventually our world is mostly going to go back to what it was before, but I don't know if it's – I'm pretty sure it's not going to be 100%. You know, things like handshakes or whatever. Like, I just – I don't know what's going to be different. Some things are going to be different. I do openly wonder if open clubhouses, especially after a game, you know, maybe before a game when there's not quite as many people, it's, it's available. But I do have to wonder, are we going to go into a world where – all the post-game interviews and media availabilities are done at a podium, and we never have post-game uh, clubhouse access again. That wouldn't shock me. No, I wouldn't shock me either. In fact, I'm anticipating that to be the case for sure. When we were at spring training, uh, just as they were suspending uh, spring training, the days leading up to it, they had the clubhouse closed to, to all media access, and they set up – in fact, they – they wouldn't let the media um, go through uh, the spring training complex, and it included us broadcasters. We had to walk in the outside of the building and go into a basically a, a, a back warehouse type room that was a makeshift room that they had to bring in, you know, one or two players at a time uh, to selected media, 
And then Craig Council would come in, you know, a couple of times a day and, and they have a desk set up for him and a, and a microphone and, you know, a few chairs. And that was basically what we did for the, you know, the last few days leading up to the suspension. And, and I guarantee you that's going to happen again. Um, and so, you know, but for us, as far as covering the team, um, I'm kind of looking at it this way too, as a possibility that, you know, pregame shows and postgame shows could potentially go from 30 minutes to 60 minutes each, uh, because I think that there'd be um, enough material for us to provide to people, especially for like a 60 minute postgame show. If they bring players in within, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes after the game ends uh, to a podium type setting, uh, people want to hear what they have to say. Sometimes, Sometimes it's tough to get access to those people at a timely fashion during a 30 minute show. So, you know, I'm not saying that's what we're going to do for sure, but I'd be all for it. And I'd propose that and, and, you know, give, give people what they want. It's very, there's very few things live on the air and there's very few things people want more now than, than to follow their team. Yeah. And for us, I mean, whether you're a, uh, a, a, a TV guy, a radio guy, a writer, whatever you do, we do this stuff. We want people to consume what we're doing. We want listeners, we want viewers, we want readers, so on and so forth. I think there is going to be baseball at some point this summer, and I'm excited for the prospects of y- you have potentially a larger audience and an audience that's going to be even more hungry to consume what's going to be going on. Yeah, I, I, I have to you know, rate, ratings are one thing for selling ads in our business, but I think ratings in this case are going to be to really know how many people really have such a passion to, to watch this stuff and how many people that won't be allowed in the stadiums who are used to going to stadiums are going to tune in as well and go out of their way to do it. I mean, if you, if you know there's a 7 o'clock game coming on, is there going to be anything more exciting and what we've all been waiting for for what could be a two-month period, hopefully no more. Um, I, I would imagine they're going to go through the roof, and, and the demand is certainly going to be there. Obviously a lot of baseball stuff to get to, and this is a baseball podcast, but I've got you, so I'm not going to uh, completely gloss over this. How how tough is it that the Bucks were having this season where they were the favorites to win the title this year? But, you know, Vegas had just kind of shifted them into the number one spot in front of the Lakers and Clippers a couple, two, three weeks before uh, everything shut down. I mean, they, they were having a fantastic season. Uh, do, do you lament the fact that the season had to, to stop where it was and we really don't know if or when, and there seems to be more questions maybe about the NBA coming back, but just because they've got less time to get this done uh, than, say, Major League Baseball? Well, I'm going to use the word devastating, and I'm not going to use it um, to demean, you know, what we're going through health-wise um, in this country. That's, that's not my point. But when a team like Milwaukee, a city like Milwaukee, um, craves a championship, and it's been so long, 1971, and it's tough for a small market to put together a championship team. And, and they did. They got Giannis, they developed Giannis, and they've made some great moves along the way. And they are primed to win a championship. Um, to me, that what happened right now is devastating to that progress uh, to you know, erase a long bit of history where they were so close so many times and couldn't get there. But I think this was going to be their year. I, I've said 
really all along, I, I think they're going to win an NBA championship. And I still believe once they get going, that they'll be the favorites. But, you know, time makes things rest a little bit and mm-hmm. time takes momentum away. And, you know, time changes things for other teams. So this will be part of the things that they'll have to battle through, I guess, if they actually start the season up again, which I hope they will, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I, I grew up in this area. So to me, I go back to devastating. I, I think the city of Milwaukee would be, it would be really tough knowing that um, they were that close and it was, it was expected. And I'll take it one step further. I, I feel really bad that the Democratic National Convention probably won't go on here either. That was going to be huge for the city. City of Milwaukee was absolutely popping uh, over the last few years with, with the Bucks and, and knowing some big things were coming into town. And, and now, you know, it's going to be kind of a rebuild process a little bit here if some of those things don't happen. Yeah, and even, I mean, this goes back to sports, but we don't know what kind of run the Badgers would have made in the NCAA tournament. They were clicking at the exact right, right. time. Yeah, they, they were fun to watch for sure. And you're right. It goes it goes beyond, you know, just a couple of teams that we're, we're talking about right here. But boy, oh boy, it, it's just part of, you know, this is uh, such a special time of year. March is a great month for sports. Um, going into April, now we're you know closing in on May. There, there's a lot of things that, unfortunately, we weren't able to watch and 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 be a part of. And you know, just to get it back sooner than later is going to be you know real big here. And you know, I don't know what I don't know what else to say uh, other than you know I'm I'm with you and everybody else. You know, let's get this thing rolling again and and do it the right way and. Everybody keep their head on straights and, and be patient with everything, too. I think it's going to be a, a process that's going to require patience. Have you been able to maybe um, reflect on this consider where you're, you just mentioned, you know, growing up in this area and what you do, and you've seen some amazing things with the Bucks and amazing things with the Brewers. Do you ever reflect on the, those things that you've been able to see? Yeah, I think, well, part of it is – there have been so many classics on and yeah. it kind of takes you back to, you know, when I first started with bucks, for instance, we didn't jump on board as Fox ownership until March or April of 2001. And our first, you know, broadcast or two were, was opening Miller park and getting the baseball regular season going and then joining in on, on what was a heck of a run for that uh, 2000, 2001 team that, was real close to going to the finals and um that that was an eye-opener jumping in with those guys because it wasn't the beginning of anything it was you're towards the end of the regular season on the cusp of something really special and watching those games um and remembering how close again you know this team was doing something special um and then I've been a part of uh, our our small group at Fox that has uh, helped organize and put together uh, the classics that we have dug up. And I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, going back. I've shared the story uh, before, but not with you on your podcast, Matt. But when I first got an email um, when sports was suspended that we're going to be doing classics, you know, the email just said, give me your top 10 Brewer Classics games. And I emailed back right away and I said, 
of 2019 or all time? And my, the reply back was all time. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's 50 years. How yeah. are we going to do this? And, and there, and the message was, I need this yesterday. And I'm like, Oh man. So, but it was fun diving back. You felt like a researcher. Um, and, and so we dug up some stuff. We dug up some great moments and it was fun to do. I haven't watched a whole lot because I feel like, uh, just going through that process alone, that, um, it was fun to kind of reminisce a little bit and, and to know that it was an important role at the time to get those things back up and running. Um, I'm not a big look back and, and spend a lot of time and, and watch classic games kind of guy. I'd rather be kind of more in the moment. Um, but I like researching. And, and I also ended up writing, writing up um, 25 classic moments, not just games, but classic moments in Brewer history. Um, for our future broadcasts, because this is obviously their 50th season. And um, so we're hoping to, we're putting those all together, hoping that we're going to have plenty of baseball to run those. Um, and that was just a lot of fun, too, just looking at certain moments uh, within some of those big games. I, I, I've told this story, too, but I, it was, I was watching, I haven't watched a ton of the classic games. I'm kind of like you, where I'm, I'm more about being in the moment. But when, the, when Major League Baseball did the opening day at home, I, I watched the Brewers-Rockies games, the, the game one of the NLDS from a couple years ago. And the thing that struck me, Craig, was how many small things happened that I, I didn't remember. You know, a, 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 a fair foul ball late that could have changed things. That when, when Moustakis foul-tipped a ball just right before he had the game when he hit in the 10th inning, if that's held on to, you're going, in another, you're going to the next half inning. That, that was the cool part for me, some of these smaller things that really had huge roles in a game, but you kind of forget about those small items as time goes along. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And it's almost like, um, I don't know if you're – uh, a big show enough buff or a binger enough to watch, you know, another, you know, series or go back and watch, you know, how many times you watched a favorite movie or two along the way. And it is kind of amazing. You always do gain a new moment that, that you didn't realize existed by watching it again. And, um, you know, in sports, those, those little things sometimes, you know, uh, even in a bat that has um, a lot of, foul balls like you said or you know just a just a classic moment you end up walking a guy and it sets up big things instead of getting an outer or an error opens things up and you forget about those things um but yeah it's it's something when you watch them and and uh, i wish i had the patience to sit down and watch more but you know unfortunately i don't i my, my patience is all about moving forward and let's get these games live and rolling again all right, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you guys at Fox Sports Wisconsin are doing something kind of cool, starting up uh, what basically an in-home studio show here uh, for the time being. Tell uh, tell listeners about that. Yeah, the show's called uh, Unscripted, and basically it's 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 uh, through Zoom. And um, the first show that we did, we just basically got our Bucks and Brewers broadcasters in, in separate segments together, and. Uh, kind of caught up a little bit, um, kind of threw a few ideas out on, on how our sports are going to get back rolling again. And um, we're also going to have uh, Rick Schlesinger on uh, just to talk from a you know, president of baseball um, business side on, on you know, some of the things that the Brewers are coping with and professional teams are coping with 
We're going to have both uh, general managers from the Bucks and Brewers on as well. John Horst of the Bucks and David Stearns of the Brewers. Um, Jeff Jenkins texted me the other day and, and he said, hey, you know, I'll go on and, and talk through a segment. And the segments are about 10 minutes. So they're like many podcasts. I know your podcasts are longer than 10 minutes, but, um, you know, they're kind of like that, you know, with a few different people. And, and it's, you know, it's visual. If we can add some video to it as well, we'll do that. But it's, um, it's just our way of trying to stay, you know, up with everybody and, and, um, just to stay in contact really in communication and, and let people know that, you know, we, we care a lot and, you know, we're, we want to talk and reminisce with some people and talk to some current players as well. All that's coming up too. Awesome. Well, great stuff, Craig. Hopefully we are going to be doing post-game shows together uh, sooner than later. We're both uh, very much looking forward to that, but uh, in the time being, it was great to uh, catch up. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I'm with you, man. Let's get her going again. Craig Sean joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. And that's just about going to uh, wrap up this week's edition. Thank you so much for uh, being tuned in. Again, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, also, I uh, do want to remind you about this week's Brewers Classic, which will air on WTMJ. It'll be on Wednesday night. We're doing this every Wednesday with coverage beginning at 6 o'clock. The way, uh, the way it works is you can listen uh, on WTMJ. You can also listen to WTMJ.com. You can stream it, but only if you are in the WTMJ listening area. Major League Baseball still controls like the, the rights, basically, for lack of a long explanation of everything. But they uh, they still own all the, uh, the streaming rights to games, even in archive form. So uh, you have to be in the WTMJ listening area to be able to listen at WTMJ.com or streaming on whatever uh, streaming mechanism that you might use. But uh, here's what we've got coming up uh, this Wednesday night. This is a good one. We're going to go back just a couple years to uh, 2018 NLCS Game 1 against the Dodgers. We, of course, call that the Brandon Woodruff game because that's the game where uh, Woodruff hit a home run against uh, Clayton Kershaw. Spoiler alert, right? Uh, So that's going to be coming up Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, is when uh, coverage of NLCS Game Number 1 from 2018 will begin uh, 6 o'clock on uh, WTMJ. My thanks to uh, Craig Kishon for joining us on the program. My thanks for you for being tuned in. And we will come your way again next week with another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.